0: Welcome to Adventor, a podcast from Radio Orsay. Here we will share amazing stories from fascinating people. The podcast is all about grind, cycling and adventures on unknown roads. Let's settle up and let's get inspired to ride. Our representative partner for this episode is Green Cycling Norway. Green Cycling Norway is a Norwegian incentive from Thomas Rem and myself. Our goal is to promote healthy cycling and inspire more people to ride their bikes. We also want the sport of cycling to incorporate our non-littering policy and encourage you as a bike rider to take responsibility for your packaging and bottles and keep the races free of littering. After I started to look into the gravel scene, I got in touch with Martin Patier. He is the CEO of the Nordic gravel it's a race series in Finland, and now they want to expand it to all Nordic countries. The situation is a little bit uncertain at this moment, but he's positive for what's coming ahead. He's also explaining a little bit about the spirit of gravel and what is unique with that kind of racing.
1: So so Martin, where are you now? Um, well, I'm actually uh, I'm I'm based in uh, in Helsinki. Um, I'm, I'm uh, a Belgian uh, expat. Been living in Finland for uh, for almost 20, actually this year 20 years. Um, been been studying and working here, and of course cycling a lot, and uh, been in, been involved in uh, in different types of cycling in the last few years. Uh, different types of projects related to cycling. Um, did you Marketing. start did
0: you start with your cycling in finland or uh, does it come from belgium
1: well actually i i uh, <laughs> i used to play uh, play football on a on a let's say decent level in belgium and uh, when i moved from my studies to finland i was already cycling and, and mountain biking in fin in belgium when i moved to finland i, I picked cycling up and and started cycling more um and uh, so in a way um, uh, let's say the the opportunities you have for cycling in Finland uh, were definitely an, uh, a plus to uh, to cycle even more. Um, so uh, yeah, Do you think in think way, it's better. Is it
0: better in in Finland? You know, a lot of Norwegians spin to Belgium, and we all know you know the craziness of cycling and the interest for cycling in Belgium. But Finland yeah. is a
1: little bit under the radar, I'd say. Yeah, well, cycling culture-wise, there's there's of course. With maybe the exception of Italy, there's, there's not much that beats Belgium. Um, then again, personally, I really hate cobblestones, so I really don't miss those. Uh, I used to live uh, in, in Ghent, so uh, basically we had the uh, the typical tour of Flanders and, and other uh, road race uh, roads just around the corner. Uh, so those I definitely don't miss, uh, but of course the, the proximity to, to other countries as well. Germany France uh, you know even you can drive in a day to Italy from Belgium all those things you you kind of miss when you're up north Um, but on the other hand in here the in in Finland you have uh, such a wide range of uh, roads mountain bike trails gravel roads um, along the coastline along the lakes in the forests it's never really really flat in in finland so there's always a bit of high uh, difference. so it it's kind of um, uh, in my opinion it's definitely not an uh, not a bad country for cycling uh it lacks the the tradition the cycling culture of other other great european countries but uh, it's it's something that is picking up really really fast has been developing a lot in the last 20 years um some from what i've seen myself um so uh yeah it's it's definitely a uh um the culture is growing um for yeah. sure
0: yeah i've actually been racing in finland a couple of times myself uh and belgium i was living there two years uh, for racing and in finland it was probably about let's say maybe 100 spectators for the biggest race i, I heard like the porvo iot you know that one yeah exactly yeah, yeah Borgo Lopet. Uh, which is a pretty good uh, good race, quite decent level, but not like Belgium. Even in a keramis race in Belgium, it's crazy. So yeah, you get it's... a
1: thousand for nothing in Belgium, you know. Uh, you just announce a race and you have a thousand spectators in Belgium, so it's it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's a different thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's different. Um, um, but now you, you try actually to develop the cycling scene in Finland and also... A little bit more uh, on the gravel side there
1: yeah so um yes so what we actually um uh, after i've been here for all these years i've been mainly involved in, in, uh, in mountain biking um myself not as much in, in road cycling um but the opportunity we, we now saw was actually in a way it was a no-brainer um finland has without a doubt some of the best gravel roads in in europe um i mean we don't have to be humble about it <laughs> that's the way it is uh there is uh there is 350,000 kilometers of gravel roads in finland alone um if you expand that to the nordics uh you add sweden norway denmark maybe also the baltics a bit estonia to it you can probably multiply that by three uh, so there is an, uh, an a vast network of of, uh, mainly good quality roads, then there is still the whole network of of forest roads, like the, let's say, two to three meter wide uh, forest roads that can easily be ridden on a gravel bike as well. Um, There is the diversity of the nature. There is the the coastline in the south and the west. There is the the lake area. Uh, There's, of course, the the wilderness up north uh, in Lapland. Which is which is uh, unique in its own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the all the the conditions for riding gravel in Finland are there. Um, in addition to that, uh, if you look at the period, let's say June to to September, uh, we have and knock on wood, hope it stays that way. We have had pretty good summers the last years. Uh, average temperatures around twenty degrees, which are perfect for, uh, for long distance rides and, and, uh, staying outdoors as opposed to Southern Europe where you basically, let's be honest, July, August, uh, you go to 35, sometimes 40 degrees, which is just, I mean, it's feasible, mm. but it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's always very, uh, very nice to, to suffer the heat. Um, so I think in looking at the whole, the whole picture, there is, uh, the, the the terrain and the circumstances in Finland are uh, are unique, um, and also it kind of brings together a lot of things that are missing for other disciplines. I mean, the mountains are not high enough for real downhill biking or or uh, even enduro biking. Um, obviously, there is there is possibilities to do that, but let's say compared to to Central Europe, it's it's not uh, not as good uh road cycling we have a lot of uh, um not not like in the Porvonayot but for for other areas we have a lot of straight long roads where you can basically you know you have the same view for five kilometers uh which is you know it's it's okay but it's uh it, it might turn a bit boring quality of the roads depending on the on the winters is also uh, varies a lot uh, stretch by stretch mm. uh, but with gravel you don't really have that problem so no. um so that's obviously why gravel is definitely, um, an, uh, like uh, it's a given in Finland, basically.
0: But you see also the gravel scene in the whole uh, whole world really is growing. In in the US, those races they are uh, they are full. I mean the participants. It's crazy. It's very hard to get in them, and you get the biggest one. The king of of the gravel is probably Dirty Cancer. And it's it's I think it's four thousand spots, and it's at, at least ten thousand people that try to get into that race, so it's pretty crazy. And now I think we're going to see also in Europe it's expanding, uh, but it hasn't really come to uh, Norway or or maybe even Finland. But uh, but I know like you started this Nordic gravel series, so would you explain a little bit on um, on that?
1: Yeah, so obviously we—I mean—the the idea is that what applies to Finland definitely applies to Sweden and Norway as well. As as co- when it comes to terrain, um, with with the let's say the the local variations or the regional variations, um, and I think the uh, the Nordics as such as they as they do in 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 many ways in in uh, economics, in 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 culture, in uh, politics, they they try to uh, in a way they have a. And um how would I say a similar uh i wouldn't say vision but at least a similar path they follow um, and I think that is also something I would like to introduce in in the group for the gravel riding is instead of uh, focusing on your own national relatively small market in a lot of cases missing this this uh, cycling culture uh, background anyway. Uh, to kind of open that up on a Nordics level and, and try to get an, an exchange of riders from the, the Nordic countries, maybe also the Baltic countries. Uh, and in that way kind of um, uh, discover terrains that are relatively close by in a way, but that are maybe unknown. Uh, while at the same time uh, thinking about uh, things like sustainability and travel uh, also in a way travel within the Nordics um, and and, keep that in mind. Um, So I think that's, there is, there is many reasons to do it on a Nordic scale. Of course, there's a commercial reason. Uh, Sponsors are more interested if they can target uh, four, four markets instead of one. Um, In a lot of cases for, for cycling brands, the Nordics are, are seen as a, as a package already. Um, So in a way it's, it's a kind of a a logic step. Um, And also just to, um, to kind of be a bit more ambitious about it and to to also say like Yes, listen, it's great that we have this fantastic race here in Finland, and I'm sure we have a counterpart doing the same in Sweden and in Norway, but at the same time uh the chances that anyone riding gravel in the other countries knows about it are rather small, even today with all the the social media and and all the uh, all the communication that is going on it's it's still not not that obvious. Uh, to get people uh, to, to to make the move and, and move outside of the country. Um, so that is now um, why we call it Nordic and why also our goal has always been um, for the third year, which is next year in our series, to actually have a true Nordic series with uh, events in at least uh, three different countries. So that is basically from the beginning that has been our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, the current situation, as on today april uh twenty twenty yeah with the whole uh, covid nineteen situation is of yeah, course sh-
0: yeah that'd be challenging
1: i can imagine it's it's of course challenging um on the other hand um as i I said a couple of times uh to to our our local event organizers and our partners the um the the gravel trend will continue mm. uh, in however way. Uh, things evolve. Hopefully, the impact uh, of, of COVID 19 will not be something that will keep haunting us for the years to come. Uh, but obviously, that is something we don't know. Um, but I think it's still an opportunity to, uh, to, to look further ahead. We're already at the moment looking at planning for 2021 uh, for exactly that reason uh, because we think it's, uh, we, we need to move forward and we need to, uh, to think positive about this
0: so yeah it's it's a great opportunity i think for people that want to uh, expand their comfort zone and maybe go a little bit more to the adventures uh i don't know how it is in finland with the desolation can
1: people go out riding Uh, at the moment yeah we we can actually so uh the, the only the only region that is uh in in some kind of uh Uh, closed uh, it's not it's not a real lockdown but that this closed office is is Uzima which is the the capital region Mm -hmm. um, which uh, at the moment had about I think 65% of all corona cases were in this uh, region so to give you an idea or um, (laughs) or on my own terms it's like one third of Belgium the area that is now closed down Mm -hmm. Uh, so in a way it's it's relatively small um, so that, yeah. but we are still allowed to, to ride and, and uh, go out, but uh, of course, keep the social distance and, and uh, not, not ride in groups and things like that.
0: Which is a great time actually to go on these adventures uh, and these rides. And uh, I, I tried myself a little bit more to expand and see new roads. And you know, it's open a, a whole new world really when you try to, to look for these gravel roads. And I I can imagine in Finland, you can find these really rural areas where there are not really many people. Um, And one of the races, I was supposed to do one of your races uh, in the Arctic grind in the northern part of Finland. I don't know exactly how it looks now on, on the situation, but
1: that looks like
0: an amazing race.
1: Um, it, it is a, it is a truly uh, amazing race in the landscape and the the, uh, the vastness. I mean, we have an actual video of the of the twenty nineteen uh, Arctic Grind event on our website, and I think the the, the video tells the story.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll share uh, that link for sure on this description. Yes.
1: So uh, so in a way, it's uh, yeah, it's it's um, all six events have their unique surroundings. Uh, mm. but the vastness of Arctic grind and, and also the gravel insomnia and iso are definitely the, uh, the, the ones that for, or the most exotic, let's say, uh, and, and will speak to the imagination. Um, the only downside for 2020 is that the, uh, the Arctic grind is the only race that we had to cancel uh, so far. Um, again, typical COVID-19 situation Mm -hmm. uh, multiple factors coming together as as uh, as is the challenge for all event organizers at the moment Uh, we need to take in consideration um, the 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 health and safety of the riders of course to start with Uh, then we need to uh, we need to be able to guarantee the 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 transport travel to the area definitely if it's a remote area and then at the same time, we also need to see that uh, uh, basically on the spot, uh, our local partners are they able to provide all the services that we had originally planned. So, so that's um, so, so that's how things uh, from an event perspective and yeah. in a nutshell come together, uh, and how we've been influenced. Um, but yeah, it's 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 of course we uh, we really play with uh, with all our events with the unique terrain that we can offer for each region. Um, and that's also the idea moving forward to next year, to do that in other countries, um, to really have, uh, um, we are very grateful and, and we absolutely need uh, good local event partners. Uh, the ones we have at the moment, uh, all of them are, uh, have been very flexible, uh, are, very, uh, are very positive and, and uh, willing to collaborate in many different ways uh so that that's also a very important uh, aspect of of uh of organizing events you you're still depending on all the people behind it and the people yeah. who are volunteering uh the people who are uh putting in their time and effort whenever it's needed mm. uh, our route masters very important role um so for some people maybe have some kind of romantic idea that it's uh these guys are riding anyway and they you know it's all fun and uh but it's, it's not that easy designing, yeah. designing uh, gravel routes and, and event routes. It's not that easy. Um, then there's the whole paperwork, the administration. Uh, so, um, yeah, we are, we, are, we are happy that there's so many people who, uh, who want to uh, engage themselves in, in doing this. Mm.
0: Which also makes the event a lot harder to organize than a lot of people think. They see you know, what's happening during their ride. But they don't see all the work behind it uh, I've been organizing a few local events and and those are really low key and really easy kind of well it's not that easy it's very uh, low quality say but it still is a lot of work and I can imagine doing these kind of bigger events it's a lot of work uh and I think sometimes people maybe don't appreciate everything behind it uh and the biggest race in Norway now, Trondheim, Oslo, uh, they had to cancel it this year because uh, of the COVID-19 and it's still, it's, it's you know, it's uh, three months ahead now. We are in April, so uh, just the beginning of April. So, uh, you know, a lot of people thought, yeah, why not organize it? Uh, you know, just, just wait till j- June or uh, a few weeks before and then make the decision. But of course, it's so much work in front. So people, they actually need to to, and to know how they're going to plan, uh, especially the race organizers. So, so it's a challenging time. This this situation.
1: Yeah, this is and and of course, this uh, making the call on on when do you decide on a cancellation. Like as I said, we now decided to cancel one of one of our six events. Um, we are really hopeful that this is the only one we will have to cancel. Uh, there is one other that will move the Gravel Insomnia ISOCETA will move from July 4th to July 18th, uh two weeks down uh, the road in July. Um, but the other ones are actually uh, uh as scheduled uh for the moment. Uh and we will make a final call on May 15th on, on uh on the whole summer calendar uh because we uh, it's it's um we 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 hear a lot of experts, as everybody does in in all over the world, and and uh, um, the analysts and and uh, the trends are being projected, and uh, it's it's just yeah we just need to we just need to see uh, the the rules might be different in Finland and for the rest of Europe. Um, that's another another problem. Uh, that's actually also one. One of the reasons for Arctic Grind, we had basically fifty percent of our participants were non-Fins at the moment, meaning that uh, basically, if if for example people are not allowed to fly in, mm-hmm. then it it kind of uh, uh, like takes makes a serious cut on the participation level, which then uh, then again rolls out to other other consequences. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the complexity of of organizing events is one. COVID-19 is, is a factor multiplying it by, uh, by, I don't know, five or ten. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I would also like to, um, I think it's, it's uh, we're an event with less than five, our events have less than 500 participants, um, which makes it, I mean, the 500 is a bit of a threshold of, of being a big event or, an, or an, just an event. A regular event um, so um, we would of course be happy to have more than 500 uh, but maybe not this year um, so basically in a way it's um, it's it's helping us a bit uh, to be a bit more agile um, but still of course uh, yeah at the end we need to we need to take responsibility and make the decision
0: yeah definitely i think it's a, it's an interesting time for race organizers all over um you need to, to look at opportunities for the future. And uh, I think the gravel is, uh, will be an eye-opener for a lot of people because of the, the challenge. You challenge more yourself than maybe your neighbors or friends. A lot of people, they want you know now to look uh, look out for these adventures. Um, and this Nordic uh, gravel series will be an amazing experience for people joining, I'm sure. Uh, and I also, we've been discussing a little bit like, would it be possible to expand it to Norway? Which I think it's super interesting. Norway is a great area with a lot of good gravel roads, uh, a little bit more hilly maybe than Finland. But it would be also amazing because the gravel scene is, it's more than the race. It's, you know, it's the, the your own challenge. And it's also all the community around it, you know. I've seen how you try to organize some of these events now with having this kids race and this barbecue and all this, the whole thing around it. Would you explain a little bit about, you know, the, um, let's call it, uh, the spirit of a gravel race.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, um, we, we, first of all, we, we call it events because we basically want to, uh, at first we want to let people discover, what gravel riding is uh do it in a social way do it do it with friends with with even bring their family to the event locations that's also why we have a lot of focus put a lot of focus on the event locations themselves there has to be more than just a, a finish line so to speak um so so that is obviously um uh one aspect at the same time i think making a quick comparison to the us where of course that they're already like having an uh, let's say a semi pro or a pro scene for gravel riding last year, this year. Um, but you still have the spirit that, uh, as we always say, there's the, the, the five top five, top 10% of the field is racing and the other 90% are actually participating, challenging themselves, um, enjoying themselves, suffering a bit, but still enjoying. Uh, so kind of enjoying the nature, the experience. And, and that is exactly, in a way, what we want to do. Uh, While at the other time, we also need to understand um, if we want to take a step to gravel race or gravel races in Europe, uh, we will need to at least take some of the paths of this uh, semi-pro setup or organizing as they are doing in the US at the moment. So it's again a bit like um, uh, we need to dare to take a step, uh, whether it's, of course, in, in, in small steps first. But we need to uh, we need to dare and and also um, open it up uh, to to the competitive angle while at the same time definitely not forgetting the the, the true nature of of the adventurous the gravel riding as such. Um, so basically, um, that that's where we started off this year. Now in in Lochte, for example, the the last one in the series, the Falling Leaves um we are adding um due to a project with with some with actually a trained uh a project leader for that uh we are adding uh kids uh track um we're actually having babysitters even as well because uh, an, an important aspect is also that we believe there's a lot of uh, women out there who are really interested in in riding uh riding the outdoors uh, again the advantage of gravel being uh the equipment is, first of all, uh, more accessible. Um, you, can, you can easily start with, a, with an entry-level bike. Uh, you don't have to buy a full suspension mountain bike. Um, that's one thing, the equipment. The other bit is also the, uh, the, the technical riding uh, from mountain biking uh, can, be a bit, uh, can be pushing people back, uh, while at the same time, the, the pure speed, uh, or sometimes the monotony of road riding is is pushing other ones away. So in a way, I think gravel is is nicely uh, bringing the best of all worlds together. Um, so, but of course, we we also want to expand the amount of uh, of women riding. Um, the interest is there. We actually launched a project last uh, or two weeks ago um, with with uh, Breakaway CC here in Helsinki. Uh, offering guided tours and and rental bikes uh, where we, because of COVID-19, we offered a a bike package for four days. You could rent our uh, um, Cannondale Topstone gravel bikes uh, for 100 euros, uh, take the bike for four days, use it, enjoy it, and kind of uh, uh, start experiencing it. And we noticed immediately that that people um, who otherwise might not have uh, um, let's say thought about gravel as a first choice or or uh or or uh, taking a bike to spend the whole weekend and and travel around in southern Finland they immediately came and said like hey this is a great idea Mm. um so so this is this is what we do at the same time we also want to build the community around gravel in the whole of Finland and that's another project we now we were already working on and now we kind of uh uh, fast forwarded it a bit because of COVID-19 is, is the collaboration with Komoot uh, where we were actually building a network of, of routes all over Finland um, partly related to the event areas that we are in uh, but also like for example in Uzima I think at the moment we already have uh, over 15 uh, routes uh, in this area alone that people can just download and, and start riding um, so that's that's another bit like Kind of getting as many people as possible in, into that community, mm. into that riding, riding spirit of, of riding uh, gravel, taking the adventure out there, uh, long distance, short distance, medium yeah. distance. Uh, so it's, it's in a way, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's our goal uh, to start with.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I know a lot of people in Norway, they would like also the, the challenging part of distance there Are more and more people doing these amazingly long rides now, and it's a great way to, to do that on safer roads, I'd say, because it's you don't have the traffic, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's uh, in many ways, you have a, a, a lot bigger uh, nature experience when riding on gravel. So, yeah, so it's,
1: and that's yeah. that's of course uh, the the race is something we we would have really wanted to to uh, to pilot this year, so actually have a real gravel race on a on a closed circuit yeah um let's see if the the situation allows we are, we are still working on it um, we have one uh because actually one of the 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 challenges as an organizer here is is getting the uh, the road permits for private roads so mm. a lot of the gravel roads are public but uh, um, i would say that for pretty much every single event half of them or more are actually private roads uh, in the south here, Dirty Sipo event, we basically have about 70 permits that we need to get, uh, which if somebody uh, cuts out an, an, a crucial part of your route, uh, hmm. is is uh, is really problematic. So we, we're really depending on the goodwill of those people.
0: Yeah, so it's not um, only to point at a route on Strava and then...
1: Let's no. go and
0: we'll see you, see you in no, 10 no, hours.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, looks, uh, it looks good on our commute uh, route planners, but that doesn't mean that reality is, is as simple. No. Uh, so um, that is something to be taken in account. And Actually, in one, one of our event locations, we have uh, um, an, uh, a bigger landowner who is probably owning almost a third of the whole course. Uh, that we're riding on, so those would be the kind of uh, people we can talk to and, and organize an actual race because it's uh, it, it would make the practicalities uh, much uh, simpler. Yeah, um, but I think this kind of racing idea we did we did a, a poll a questionnaire last year, um, and and in there fifty percent of our riders said that they they really are there for the event, they really yeah. don't care about timing or racing, or uh, so that's good. But then, at the same time, we also had 35% who said that they they like the 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 timestamp, the challenge, the the you know the bit of the 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 drive for competition. Yeah. So in a way, it's it's almost half half. So um, we we are trying to answer that need as well this year with uh, with a thing called the tribe challenge. Uh, but at the same time, we don't want to make it individual because we we think it's like. Uh, it's it's an it's a social event uh, you need to share the experience mm. so basically people can register teams from three to ten people and the uh, the time of the third rider is counted as the uh, the, the registered time uh, and then the the teams are kind of uh, uh, rewarded based on on uh, on the times of the of the third rider mm. so that's something we introduced and that goes cross events uh, so five events this year, and at the end of the the series, we have an uh, an overall uh, leaderboard mm. and uh, and a prize for the uh, the winning team. Yeah, it could be good for
0: some people to have uh, have their friends with them. I uh, I think for some riders it would be a little bit uh, uh, uncomfortable being all there out uh, themselves in the Finnish forest. Uh, so I think it's a good good you know uh, addition there too have this opportunity as well
1: yeah Um, i think it's i mean we want to uh we are you know all inclusive we want to we do not want to exclude any any type of riders that's also why we have like short distances from uh let's say between 35 and 70 to uh then the medium 100 120 and then we have the long distances which are typically 140 to 180 uh, kilometers, so I think all types and and levels of riders have uh, have something to uh, to enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really close to my heart. Inclusiveness, uh, or what do you call it? Incl- Inclus inclusiveness? Oh, yeah, inclusiveness. <laughs> yeah. inclusiveness. Yeah, inclusiveness. Inclusiveness a long <laughs> word, but uh, it's it's super nice to see people uh, on all levels really enjoying themselves and everyone coming together after the ride, talking about the experience, having this barbecue or or, um, uh, after bike parties so I think gravel and the community around us is really unique and something people need to experience but which uh, which race if if you're going to just say one race you would like people to join for next year or yeah let's say next year we don't really know how this season will turn out but with this one race (laughs) well
1: that's that depends on how our calendar looks next year of course so uh so i think it's um yeah it's it's difficult because uh we have one new race this year uh which is which is really interesting um we will have races abroad next year in any way um so i think it's um I, I I'll I'll use my joker on this one because it it, it would be unfair to uh, to uh, highlight highlight one. Uh, they have their own. Once again, actually, I think it's maybe for the the audience themselves if they check our website and they have a look at the events we have. Uh, they can define what what kind of terrain if they like it more hilly or if they want to have a, a flatter terrain or uh, also accessibility traveling wise. Where can they get? Um, I think it's. Uh, I think that that should define it, but uh, I, I'd say all of them are worth worth all riding. Right. All <laughs> right, that's that's good. Uh, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see how everything
0: turns out with the planning of next year, and I really hope that there will be some openings in the last part of the season, also to do some some of these Nordic gravel races. So, uh, and are you going out for some rides now, doing some
1: gravel yourself? Uh, well, at the moment, it's actually snowing in here. Really? <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's that's, Finland. that's as, Finland. As we speak, it's uh, it's snowing. We had a, a nice, uh, on Monday, Easter Monday, we had a nice uh, six degrees, which kind of meant that, uh, that we could go out for an, a nice ride. But at the moment, uh, uh, this weekend will be better. So, yes, uh, we will definitely do that. We also have next week, for example, the... Uh, the strom delta gravel uh wreck and ride so uh oh yeah our, our whole team there uh four or five people of us to to ride it and uh to kind of uh um, validate the route and and see see what uh what needs to be changed or uh look at the event area setup and things like that so so we are we are obviously. Uh, um, uh, that's a good excuse to go riding you have to do the wreck and rides
0: that's true <laughs> so,
1: so that's nice uh, but otherwise we are we are pretty much full on uh as as scheduled uh, with or without COVID 19. i mean we need to be to be ready yeah uh, um and uh i said we uh we just hope for the best
0: yeah definitely i really hope that you can pull it through and the situation with the corona really Calms down, so so maybe even I can go to some of these late uh, season races.
1: Yeah, that it would looks... be really great. And and we're also in a way we're hoping that of course now uh, now the uh, the big let's say uh, UCI races are are being rescheduled, but it means also that there's a lot of the smaller uh, races will just not be held this year. Uh, so in a way, we we think it's also an opportunity for people from road cycling, mountain biking to, to come and do a few gravel rides with us. Yeah. Uh, just to, uh, you know, the, uh, do something different with a little, uh, edge of competitiveness on the side and, uh, and maybe discover, uh, d- discover gravel as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's great to look for the opportunities in times like this. So, so yeah, I really hope people now get inspired to, to do some more gravel. Uh, you know, you could start doing the local ra- uh, rides around your house. I think there's a lot of uh, more roads than you probably know already. That's my experience. But then, uh, in the you know, when you when you really find the grow um, or the groove, is called on gravel? Then you should do these events and getting you know the community part of it. It's uh, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah,
1: I mean that that's what we think we want to. I uh, said with our with with the the, the the route uh offering that we uh we we put up uh we kind of want people to kind of first do it ride right by themselves find roads close by that are uh, maybe unknown uh, yeah at this point uh but then of course the on during the event weekends we basically have a, a warm-up ride the day before anyway short loop and then we have the event itself uh so i think it's uh yeah it it's it's adding still some some extra uh, mm. nice locations. Uh, we try to provide good accommodation and also look into the the food and the catering uh, to be on on uh, on par with with uh, as, as as it should be. Yes, yeah, well, important. That's it's important. Yeah, very important. Yeah. So uh, um, that's something um, I I see myself, but that's probably the Belgian background as well. <laughs> As as a bit of a challenge in the Nordics, it's a it's a, it's a working point. Let's put it that way. But again, I think we've already made a good good progress with that. So uh, that's uh, great. And as as always, it's a matter of finding the good partners and, and uh, collaboration. So yeah.
0: So yeah, th- thanks a lot, Martin, for sharing your uh, thoughts and uh, and also a little bit about the Nordic gravel and the gravel scene in general. I think it's, uh, it's something people and you listeners should really check out. So nordicgravel.com, right?
1: That's correct.
0: That's correct. And then check out some of these routes and some of these videos and get inspired.
1: Okay. Thank you for, uh, for having us. And uh, I hope to see you as well during the, uh, the summer. And uh, let's all hope for the best in the meanwhile.
0: Definitely. Thanks, man. All right, thanks. Cheers. If you enjoyed the talk today or learned something new, we would really appreciate it if you could consider becoming a patron and support our work. You can give a one-time amount or become a monthly subscriber. You find the info in the description. And for New visions, you can use the WIPs app. You have just listened to an episode of Adventure, a podcast from Radio Orset. If you got inspired, why not go to your podcast app, give us five stars and share it with your friends. My name is Jonas Orset. Connect with me on social medias and as always feel free to comment on your thoughts and suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. So let's settle up and let's get ready to ride.